Welcome everybody to the Spartans, Wolverines, and Beards podcast. I am your co-host Jordan. And I'm Lane, and this is the home of the Opinionated Sports Podcast. Podcast. It's eight weeks have flown by. Two months strong. Two months strong. Uh, just wanted to welcome everyone back. Uh, thank you guys for taking part in our social media, our Facebook and Twitter pages. Uh, if you guys haven't yet, uh, make sure you like us, share us. Comment us on Spartan Wolverine's Beards podcast on both Facebook and Twitter, and we also have an Instagram page. We always kind of forget about that. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of forgotten, son. <laughs> um, redheaded stepchild. Yeah, redheaded stepchild. So, for a little bit of a preview to this week's episode, we're gonna talk a little bit about some news that came up this past week. Uh, we're gonna get into the good, the bad, and the ugly from a. Uh, dare I say, lackluster Sparty loss. Uh, I think George's prepared to bring the heat today. Uh, after that, we're going to break into our week four pick but while we're doing that, we're going to also talk a little bit about some college football teams at this point in the season we're kind of impressed with. Maybe if the Heisman pictures changed a little bit. Uh, lastly, we're going to Going to break into the NFL Week 2. Detroit Lions come from behind victory against Philip Rivers and his 100 children. <laughs> also, uh, don't forget, whatever uh, device or app or location you're listening to us on, like us, share it, subscribe, give us a review. Five-star ratings are appreciated. So that helps get us uh, out to more people and helps us branch out a little further. So anything you could do there, we would greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. So I think from there... We're ready to segue into our news for this week. All right, so our first news topic of this week is the new uh, stuff coming out of California, I guess is where it all started with the state of California passing the the new bill, or it's made it through both of their houses, and last I knew, it's still sitting on the governor's desk, yeah. still hasn't signed it, but it's, players basically can profit off of their likeness in college, so um, okay. that sparked 
large controversy. Yeah. I mean, it's the number one topic that everybody talks about with college sports in general, just because of how much money and revenue is brought in with like football and basketball in general. But Tim Tebow then spoke out. I think it was like Thursday or yeah, something like that. Right after we shot last week. Yeah, and he just like went in on this generation and how it's all about me, 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 and not we, we, we. It's like I have mixed feelings about it because I am on the bandwagon of players should be able to profit off of their likeness. Like in my mind, how can you tell me that I can't get paid for being me? Right. Like I don't think players should get paid. Like there shouldn't be a flat rate. Like yeah, you're getting a thousand dollars. I don't. Right. I don't agree with that. But if I want to go do an autograph signing because I'm Shea Patterson and somebody's like, yeah, we'll pay fifteen hundred dollars just to come sign autographs and get people in our store. Why, why the hell can't I do that? Yeah. You know that's off of me. But T-Will sparked a lot of controversy because he just went off on it, and the big pushback I heard was like, dude, you have no room to talk about this because. You had everything. You didn't come from a family where there's a single mother who they she struggled to raise five kids and worked two jobs and they just got by barely and they're living and dying hoping that their kid makes it to the league so that they can eat and get their house paid for and shit. I mean, I don't know. Tebow, I think, I think he barked up a tree there that he needed to just kind of stay out of. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, I. I think it's one of those things that, one, of course I want players to profit off this because I'm a NCAA football video game nut. So That's the thing I didn't even think about until a couple days ago, too. Right. If they do that, then they can... That game might come back. That would be amazing. That would be incredible. Well, I mean, like this year's Madden, you can play as like eight teams. Now I'm even more for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I'm even more for it now. Uh, But, you know, I mean, it's like like you said, I think Tebow was way, 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 way off base here. I mean, he's talking about it's the me generation. It's me, 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 me. Well, it's ironic because you're taking your stance in your situation and you're doing it from your perspective. Right. You're not doing it from Rashad Gary, who's offered three hundred thousand dollars to go right. play somewhere and sure. turn it down. You're not taking his perspective. You're taking Tim Tebow, where my mom and dad could afford to put me through anything I wanted. Exactly. So I, I, you know, I, I do think if you're going to pay a college kid, don't pay him a hundred thousand dollars a year. Like I saw another radio host said something. Well, are college players prepared to? To do the taxes and all this stuff for $100,000. Nobody's saying pay these kids $100,000. Like, if you want to pay a minimum wage, pay a minimum wage. Like, it. today's day and age, those kids put their bodies through enough on and off the field that... If the, not, not all of them are making the pros. Right. I mean, why why wouldn't you try to make a buck off? So, yeah, the, the big thing with flat-out paying them is the whole Title IX thing where yeah, you have to pay everybody equally. Mm. And I actually just saw a couple hours ago, I think it was, now the state of New York is pushing a bill through to flat-out pay mm-hmm. everybody. Every student-athlete at a university gets paid the exact same amount. Like The bill is out there, and it's a certain percentage of... The school's revenue goes to the players, the athletes. So I mean, it, it is. It's a lot. There's a lot of litigation behind it. There's a lot of you know the the tax side of it, all that. Yeah. But the other thing with the California bill is it allows them to sign representation. Yeah. They can sign an agent who can 
help them with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and for some of these high-end players, the other thing that was talked about was college basketball. Mm-hmm. If these guys can profit off of themselves a little bit, how many guys might stay one more year? Yeah. You know, how many guys are that fringe first-round pick, and they're like, God, I don't know. I, I might not get drafted, but, mm-hmm. you know, if I come back, I can still make 10, 20, 30 grand just off of appearances and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. That'll get me one more year, and then, then I can prove my stock. So, at, in that sense, yeah, it's not going to affect the Zion Williamsons. It's no. not going to affect the superstars because they're going to get theirs mm-hmm. no matter what. But it might make the sport better. In the long run, because these kids are going to be more willing to stay, because now they aren't worried so much about the money aspect, because they can, they can get a little back. Yeah, so. and you know, and I also think with the whole likeness and all that stuff, if if these colleges and stuff don't want to pay these kids, then on sports programs. Don't put a team nope. photo on there. Yep, Don't absolutely. be putting Shea Patterson on every on every program. Don't be putting Kenny Willickis yeah, absolutely. on yeah. prom- promos and stuff. Because they're like making millions off of that. Bingo. And it's why are you making millions off that? Because yep. their face is on it. Yep. So yeah, I'm 100% with you there. I think they should be able to profit off their likeness. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that alleviates like 90% of the issue. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you still get your revenue. You yep. still get everything you want in CAA. You get to protect your whatever billion dollar revenue they had last year, which was ungodly. I mean, you get to protect all that still, yeah. which your non-profit organization <laughs> right. for my ass. But, so the second news topic we were going to discuss, and I'm going to let Lane kind of take the lead on this one, is the NFL, all the, I mean, it seems like everybody's hurt. Yeah. And if they're not hurt, they want to be traded. Yeah. So go ahead. What do you mean? So it's kind of a rundown of your thoughts on it. I, it's, it's, been a, it's a, been a crazy week for old school traditional staple quarterbacks in the yeah. league. I mean, outside of Tom Brady, I mean, Drew Brees out. Yeah, well, they said like six, six, six eight seven weeks. Yeah. With a ligament injury, which. I don't know if you watched the game on Sunday. You'd see him gripping the ball, and he even said, I can't grip the ball. Yeah. I mean, that's that's bad. He ain't a big person, so you know his hands aren't very big. No, so. his hands are huge. Yeah. I mean, the big Ben, he's got elbow issues, which ironically, I think he filled in for, I think it was Tommy Maddox he took over for. Tommy Maddox's career ended with an elbow injury. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of come full circle. Yeah. Um, that kills my fantasy team, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Juju and McDonald, though. Yeah. Them. <laughs> That's a killer. Yeah. Uh, then you've got Cam Newton come back out. They said he re-injured his foot. He's had two foot surgeries already. So, I mean, that leaves a big question mark. Uh, it just seems like, I don't know if you watched the Jets game. I mean, Sam Darnold's got mono. And then their second stringer. I don't know if you saw his ankle break. But, Didn't you, you see the news? Well, I thought I saw something that said he was going to have to have it amputated. What? Maybe it was a fake thing I saw, but I could have swore I saw something that said that he was going to lose his foot. They couldn't save it. Good Simeon. Simeon, Yeah, right? Trevor Simeon, yeah. I could have swore I saw that somewhere. Maybe, like, maybe it was a fake thing on Twitter because, you know, those things are everywhere. But right. I could have swore that's a shitty thing to fake. But and I could have swore I saw like an ESPN thing even on Twitter. It, you might. I'm, I'm gonna look. You keep going. I'm gonna look and see if I can find it because I could have swore I saw that. So I mean, that's been kind of a recent development a week too. And then the next wave is a lot of players now taking ownership of their own futures, uh, requesting trades out of bad situations. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick recently got traded the Steelers for the Steelers number one overall. Which to me makes no sense about the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers when I just lost Big Ben and 
Now my quarterback is Mason Rudolph. I mean, maybe they see something there, but I think the Dolphins are absolutely killing it right now. I mean, they're they're loading up. They're for loading sure. up. They've already got three first round picks this year, and I think two or three second rounders. I think it's something like. 14 or 15 picks already, and they still haven't got rid of like Xavier and Howard. I mean, you probably could get money or get some for Fitzmagic. Um, yeah, that that's a train wreck. And then I saw I saw <laughs> something magical, but it comes from Twitter Twitter sphere. So yeah, I'm just I'm finding out that my story was fake. Yeah, so disregard all that fake news. Okay, fake news. You're fake news. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, this probably is fake news as well, but. Uh, Jalen Ramsey on Instagram liked a photo comparing famous 20s between himself and Barry Sanders, which, of course, that lights the Twitter Twitter sphere and Instagram sphere and social media life afire. Of course, I jump on that bandwagon right away. Oh, yeah, it was all over the place. I mean, Jalen Ramsey lined up opposite a sleigh. I brought it back down to earth when I got here. Remember, it's still Detroit. (laughs) It's true. And I'm sure he has some form of no-trade clause in his contract somewhere. I don't think he does. No? It's his rookie deal, so I don't oh, think he does. Oh, that's true. It, could, it would still be his rookie deal. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I'm the Lions, <laughs> you get to give up a first, he's already going to be better than any first round you're going to oh, get. Oh, yeah, you're not getting him. Yeah, absolutely. He's I worth mean, first-round pick. It just depends how far do you have to go from there. Right. You know, do you have to mortgage the next three years for him? Because then it's not worth it. Right, and he's got two years left on his deal. So right. he's coming into contract, which can you afford? to pay him and Slay. Right. That's tough. I think that's a pipe dream anyways. Yeah, so this recent NFL seems more and more turning into like the NBA where players are now taking ownership of their futures, which I, I'm i totally fine with. It's a business. It's a business. I mean, at any point, the owners can cut you. They can trade you for whatever. I don't blame them. Take, take ownership of it. Take your future and run with it. You have to. Yep, you have to. So I think, uh, I think in the nutshell, that's going to wrap up this week's news. Okay, it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. And being as though Michigan was idle last week, there won't be a whole lot or any Michigan talk this week, but we got some talking to do about the Sparties. Because if you didn't see it, they lost. And they lost in a very different way, a very surprising way, and... I think Lane's going to have plenty of bad and ugly this week and not as much good. It's kind of like full circle. The last week before, a whole lot of good, not a whole lot of bad and ugly with the yeah. Western game, and it just came right back and bit him. Yeah, we're crashing. So I'm taking the lead on this because I wrote down just a couple things before you get into it. I know you're probably going to say all of this that I wrote down, but I watched the entire game. So I got to see it from start to finish. So the good thing that I saw was the defensive front seven is legitimate. Yeah. I mean, the front seven is very, very good. I do have some questions about the secondary. 
I saw some things in the secondary that kind of made me wonder when you get to better talent, like when they get to an Ohio State where they got dudes all over the place, I could see that Pick it up, causing man. issues. But all in all, the defense I said was good. The bad, I put offensive line. Yeah. I just saw today, left tackles out. Six lost, weeks. Lost another one. So, I mean, the injury bug just keeps biting them there. But they just they did not look impressive. Mm-hmm. So, and then the ugly, his name is Mark D'Antonio. I, I mean, in my opinion, I put that loss on coaching. As much as I can, yeah. as much of it as there can be, obviously players need some accountability. But there were so many things about that game that he – as a head coach botched, in my opinion. That's fair. So, those are my three little quick little tidbits before I let you get into yours. And what this is going to be, after he does his good, the bad, the ugly, we are going to kind of get into a little back and forth here about the state of Michigan State. That's a kind of weird thing to say. But kind of where they're at, what things, what it feels like, what the temperature is. I mean, what the feelings are. I mean, it's... It's a, it, it'll be a little bit of hot take here. We'll see. But go ahead, get us started with your good stuff from Saturday. And he's trying not to cry right now. I'm trying, man. So what do you got, Lane? What's your good to give Give Spartan Nation some good? Give them some give them, pick me up before you tear them down. Give them, yeah. <laughs> what do you got? So, I mean, like you touched on, the defense is legit. Uh, you held Arizona State for to three points for three quarters. You blow it in the very end again with that bend but don't break shit, which drives me absolutely insane. Uh, kind of a side note to that defense: they uh, only gave up 216 total yards, and you still lost that game, which that'll tie into my bad and the ugly. Um, <laughs> I'm really just going to go through quick for the good stuff because there's not much. Uh, Brian Lewerke to Darrell Stewart's connection was pretty impressive. Uh, Darrell Stewart had nine receptions for 121 yards. Uh, Lewerke went uh, 24 for 38 for 291 yards. Those are those are good numbers. Those are serviceable numbers. Uh, you a lot of times other games you're either winning the game with that or you're oh hell you're three-point loss like we were so getting into the bad uh again just our red zone offense is god awful like you said all those yards but no points no points that and then that's and that's coaching that is execution that is mental toughness that is all of the above i don't I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand how you can put up 400, I think it's 450 total yards, and you struggle that bad to even get seven points, um, which then kind of ties in the rest of my red zone offense. Matt Coughlin, a horrible game, 0 for 3. Uh, nails the potential game winner. I get a text from, in all caps, from Jordan saying, oh, my God, 12 men. Because <laughs> we were, we caught about three-quarters of the game. We were at a bar up in Kalamazoo um, having dinner. And we're watching the game, and I couldn't hear anything was going on, but I was watching, and I just saw him go, one, two, or three. Are you shit me? <laughs> at this point, how, how? So then they do that. And then Coughlin rushes the next kick, 
which then this leads into my ugly, is officiating was poor. I don't... I'm a firm believer that if you play better, you're not in that situation to begin with. So, I mean, I don't want to put it on all the officiating, but when even the Pac-12 officials come out and say, yeah, we screwed up that call. We lost the game because of that call. Not solely, because we did play horrible. Red zone offense has to get better. The other ugly for me was our penalties. 91 yards, again, just stupid, simple mistakes. And I'm going to take... I guess the lead on the ugliness for Sparty and the last is coaching. Too conservative, too predictable. It's 2019 football, boys. Like, let's mix it up. Where's Mark D'Antonio where he's pulling trick plays out of his butt, pulling off fake field goals and winning ball games that way as opposed to Mark D'Antonio now that's Oh well, we're just gonna we're gonna kick the field goal. We're gonna go to overtime, and let's hope we can hold the quarterback that's starting to shred us on the yard on the ground now in short yardage. Yeah, let's let's see if we can do that. I just to me it shows he has zero faith in his offense. Um, all the faith in his defense. Which spoiler, that's what we did last year, seven and six. So. There's not a lot of good to the Sparty team right now, and I, I mean, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant about him, which I'm sure Jordan and I are going to be chiming back and forth here in a couple seconds. He's got a very big smile on his face. I have notes. He has notes. I just, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. This, as much as you hate to say, we're two and one. We weren't going to win a national title this year. We knew that. Hopefully, Arizona State is already at their apex and that the Fighting Herm Edwards and his NFL staff are actually going to be legitimate. I mean, as a Spartan, that is my hope, is that Arizona State ends up 10-2, and 11-1, so then that loss doesn't look that bad. It's still a bad loss, but it doesn't look as bad. I don't think that's the case. I still think Utah, USC are better teams out there. Oregon are better teams. I just, I'm just flat out baffled by, I just don't know if it's D'Antonio's mailing it in. I do think the offense, which I have some statistics, which I'm doing and I'll be breaking that out probably in a few minutes, kind of a side-by-side to the team in Ann Arbor, and the offense is not as bad as you would think it is for only scoring seven points again, a game, or last, this past week. But, again, it's all it's mental, and they're not playing the mental game. So, Jordan, in the spirit of why we created this podcast, what you got? <sighs> Deep breath, we're going to go. <laughs> so, like I said, I watched the entire game. I, I mean, I sat there, and I mean, I chuckled. But Spartan fans probably were. I've been on that. I've been in that yeah. other seat, so I know. But just a quick plug in here before we get too deep into this. It was funny. We were watching the game, and it ended. And I'm like, oh, my God, Michigan State just lost. And my wife looks at me and goes, yeah, because they can't count. It's true. I mean, <laughs> you brought up the penalties. And I, you're right. 
that yes, it was a penalty on that field goal, but if you don't have a penalty before that, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I seem to remember a situation in Ann Arbor a few years ago where a certain team in green and white on a special teams play didn't jump over our center but flat out tackled his ass en route to blocking a punt that wasn't called. I think that's in our intro, isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have any sympathy for you there. Yeah, I know you don't. Zero there. But it all, to me, it all comes back to coaching. I mean, you can't continuously do the same thing over and over and over again like Michigan State's doing. Mark Antonio is too proud. He yeah. won't fire somebody. There's one thing you can't say about Jim Harbaugh is he has made changes. Yeah. He's owned it. He's not right, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, and he's got rid of his friends. Yeah. Tim Drevno was a longtime friend of his. Pep Hamilton is a friend of his. They got rid of him. D'Antonio refuses to do it. Yeah. How many years in a row are you going to spoil a great defense? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what's happening. They're just spoiling these, these amazing defenses that they have with shit offenses. Now, like you said, yeah, the numbers are comparable, but numbers only go so far. What are the points? Yeah. You can't win with yards. You win yeah. with points. They're not putting on points. You realize that they have scored seven points or less in five out of their last ten games. Yeah. It's bad. I mean, there's no excuse for it. Um... In games that they've scored 20 or less, they've lost every single game. If they don't if they don't score more than 20 points, they lose every single game. That's insane. Do you know what D'Antonio's record is now the last three years? It is... I actually wrote that down. It is since 2016, 22, and 19. Yeah, so I had him at 23 and 19 with uh, something wherever I found, but... A, a barely over 500 coach? I mean, Which, and I mean, and that's hard because, I mean, in 2016 we had the 3 and 9 season and then last year 7 to 6. But still, I mean. Well, go back to 2000. Since 2015, when they won the, the Big Ten title and went to the playoff, they're 22 and 20. Yeah. So, I mean, was, is D'Antonio that great of a coach, or was he a flash in the pan where he had a good group of guys that bought into what he was doing and it all clicked? I mean, you're a, he's essentially a 500 coach in the last four years. You know, I I think it's a combination of both. I think he had the players that did buy in. I don't think... To me, it's a different batch of players, even. I mean, it's a different type of guy. I think defense, you still have those fiery guys. I mean, as much as I wasn't a fan of Connor Cook and how he acted, I mean, the guy was a dick, but he kept that offense in line. I mean, you got Brian Lewerke out here now, who I haven't seen any ounce of leadership in well, him. Now, I will say, and you, like you said, you were at a bar, so you couldn't really see it and hear it. When that whole exchange happened with the field goal, where mm-hmm. D'Antonio waited like halfway through the play clock to make a decision, there was a shot of Lewerke yelling, what's the play? What are we doing? What are we doing? Like, mm-hmm. So... He was looking for something, but the coaches just weren't ready for it. So, I mean, there's at least something there. Yeah. And he's got some kind of ass in him. But another thing I found going through this, so Michigan State's last five games versus Power 5 teams. So Ohio State, Nebraska, Rutgers, Oregon, and now Arizona State. Mm-hmm. The offense has three touchdowns, nine turnovers, and 67 drives. 
They have one 80-yard drive, and they've been held to single digits in four of the five games. Zero touchdowns in three of the five games. Yeah. You know the, the one game they scored double-digit points? Against Rutgers. Yeah, that's not saying much. I mean, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's just bad. Rutgers. And I don't I don't know if for if it's state at this point in the season you would hope that they're not experimenting anymore with their offense or getting into Big Ten play. That's a hell of an experiment. Well yeah, I mean that's the thing. That's one hell of an experiment. And I don't know if I I, I mean honestly I there's nothing to say. As a diehard Spartan fan, I mean it the outlook is bleak. I mean you hate saying that Week four is a must-win game, but I think it's a must-win game, or else you're going to lose your fan base. Well, but look at next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's only been three weeks, but this amazing defense loses everybody. Yeah, everybody. Lucas is gone. Bocce's gone. Big mm-hmm. uh, dude in the middle. Scott. Josiah Scott's gone. Raekwon. Raekwon's gone. Yep. The the pounds. P- p- the uh, pantswick. Pantswick. Both of them are gone, aren't they? No, the oldest one is. So you okay? I thought they were okay. So you, but you lose the majority of your defense. So yeah. this team is not going to get better next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my mind, of minds right now, D'Antonio's done. He's gone. Now you have to think as a Spartan fan, you kind of have to. And I actually, I don't do this very often, but I listen to Mike Valetti, ninety-seven-one. Mm-hmm. He he bugs me because he, you know, I get it, passionate, whatever. But he's often, he flat out said, he's like, no, he won't get fired because Michigan State's a bunch of pussies and they won't do it. Yeah. But he should because it's, it's bad. He's like, and I do think he's one of the great. He said kind of what you said, that he's the greatest coach that they've had. And he said when they want to put the statue up, I'll donate to it, but it's time for him to go because mm-hmm. he refuses to adapt, adapt or die. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you got um, similar situation, uh, Bobby Bowden down Florida State. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah. It, it's time. When it's time, it's time. I know I'm not, I'm not advocating to fire D'Antonio yet, but when you put those statistics out there, it's hard not to argue for him. I mean, that seat has to be heating up. Yeah, it has to be. And then if you are, so say you're a, your prospective coach taking over for him, what is there? Sure. I mean, so, what? The other, the other interesting piece of it is, is Michigan State doesn't even have an athletic director right now, do they? I don't think so. Because of all the shit that's gone on. Yeah. So, can they do anything about it right now? I mean, sure, the university can step in, but who the hell's the president of the university right now? Yeah. I mean, everything is in such flux with that whole school right now. I don't know what you do. And I don't know if... If the D'Antonio is a product of what's going on and just the chaos that is right now going on in East Lansing with the school as a whole, I don't know if he's getting swept up into that. I don't know know if he's looking... I mean, you hear the retirement rumors, which you start to wonder. I mean, I, I don't want to see him go, but at the same time, I mean, when you look at Ohio State, just... Replaced Urban and they dare I say are better now than they were. Easy. Uh, <laughs> Urban's <laughs> Urban's on a category up there with. Yeah, the but man, that that team is nasty. But regardless, uh, it's hard to accept change. It's painful to accept change. Do I think D'Antonio needs to go? No, but I think if you lay another egg in Northwestern, 
I think who they've got next week. Indiana after that. I mean, Indiana, we got to buy, so hopefully we can. No, you got Northwestern, then Indiana. Well, we got, oh yeah, that's the fifth. I thought that's the 15th. So yeah, we got Indiana, and then you have Wisconsin. So it goes Northwestern, Indiana, at Ohio State, at Wisconsin, Penn State, and Illinois at home, and then at Michigan. I mean, let me, so hypothetically, you say you. Say you beat Northwestern in Indiana, mm-hmm. you lose at Ohio State, you lose at Wisconsin, and you lose to Penn State. So now you're sitting at four losses, beat Illinois, and you come into the Michigan game. Would you be at all shocked if the week of the Michigan game, D'Antonio said this is going to be my last season, that he uses that as like a, a rallying call for the Michigan State players for that Michigan game? If they got four losses at that point, he's got nothing to lose. Would you be shocked if that happened? Would I be shocked? No. Do I think it'll happen? No. I I oh, think I, you yeah. I think you go into the whole situation where we've talked about his pride again, and I think he's too prideful to say, "Hey, I'm not cutting it." Like I think he's going to be in a position where he's going to say, "Fire me." I think that you don't want it to come to that too. It's a bad thing. No, you, you don't, don't want the Bobby Bowden. No, like the fan base and everybody turned on him at the yeah, end because he wrote it out too long. And I think you're. Already on the fringe of doing that, and we're not even in the hardest part of our schedule. Right. I mean. Oh yeah, you got a gauntlet there. You got a gauntlet, and I, defensively we can hang, but offensively, I mean, like you're going to have to score against Ohio State. You're going to have to. It's yeah. going to be. A, it's going to be a track meet. Doesn't matter how good your defense is, they're going to get to 20, 25, yep. 30 points. They're they're going to do it. That mm-hmm. offense is that good. I don't know, man. I think there's trouble in East Lansing. I just, I think D'Antonio's losing that team. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I can see – you can just see it. The, those players, I mean, I think he's losing that team. Yeah. I, I just get that feeling. I mean, watching that game, I mean, not to mention the rest of the coaching blunders. How about his little cat and mouse game with Herm Edwards and timeouts? Yeah. Back and forth calling all those timeouts with, like, almost two minutes left on the clock. It's like, dude, you might have to go score after this. Mm-hmm. If they had one timeout – Totally different game. Yeah. Totally different game. But he decided to get into a pissing contest about, oh, cat and mouse. Nope, I'm in this defense. Nope, I'm in this defense. When guess what? You went into a prevent defense and Jaden Daniels just scrambled on you. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's. What happens when you play in the cube? What happens when you play man to man with three safeties over the top? Mm -hmm. The man to man's backs are to the quarterback and he can walk to the first down line. Mm -hmm. That's what happened three straight times. And then a corner fell down. I mean, that kind of stuff happens. But. Man, I just I can't help but think that D'Antonio was the cause of that game. I mean, I the players the players didn't help, obviously. You, you got to make plays and situations, but put your players in the right well, spot yeah. to make those plays. Well, and you have to make your the whole part of coaching is make your players mentally stronger right. and to put them in those right positions. And he didn't do it. So yeah, I mean that's as a state fan, there is there's no defending it. I have not. I don't have much to say. It's disappointing, especially when last week we looked like world beaters, put up 51 on Western, who then beats the hell out of Georgia Southern, who beat the hell out of Tennessee. Well, Georgia, beat, Georgia State. Georgia State. Okay, see, they ran wild on too. Mm-hmm. The Bellamy kid had like seven touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. I, so I don't. I just hope it's not going to be another season of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and we get some of these questionable coaching calls because I do think if you don't win this week, I think you lose the fan base. 
I oh, think yeah. gonna, I think that'll be a witch, that'll be a witch hunt. It 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 will happen that the couches will be burning and people are going to want to throw it in Antonio on them. Yeah, I, I mean, but can you blame him? No, if oh, he no. loses again, I mean, now if, if looking at those numbers, if he loses again, now he's one game above five hundred since two thousand fifteen. I get yeah, and I mean, and as a Sparty fan, I sit here and think, okay, if we lose to Antonio, who do we get? One name that I would love to get is Lane Kiffin. I don't think he. Why would he leave Boca for? Yeah, he's not, leave, he's not leaving Boca. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't know, man. I. It's rough. It's rough being a Spartan right now. Yeah, because you gotta have you gotta have Midwest ties. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna replace him, somebody's gotta they because I mean, they gotta recruit the hell out of Ohio. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, there's some these these next couple weeks for Michigan State will be interesting because at Northwestern's always a it's always a slugfest. Yeah. It's just like uh, it's a drudge anytime you go into Evanston. Mm-hmm. I and think you got Indiana who didn't look good, but then you got three in a row after that that you can lose all three of them easily. Mm-hmm. So and in, Norm, in knowing State, what will happen is that they'll go to to Columbus and they'll. Pull some crazy shit, yeah. and they'll end up winning the game, or they'll go to the Madison, and yeah. they'll do the same. I mean, that's kind of been the mo, but you can't do that if you're not scoring points, right? Yep, I agree with you. So, I mean, jury's still out, but I don't think the feelings are good. No. So, I think that'll wrap up our bad, ugly, 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 and a little <laughs> bit of good for this week. So. Just a little recap of last week. It's rigged. <clears throat> I won Goldie back. Damn you, Iowa State. Thank feel the punt. <laughs> Just feel the punt. I saw that and I looked at Kendra and I said, well, at least I get Goldie back. <laughs> Just feel the punt. So as you're, uh, you're reigning and defending <laughs> Spartans Wolverine Beards podcast champion, I'm going to lead into our uh, weekly pick'em here, and we're gonna we're gonna start off with the noon kickoff of uh, Rutgers against Boston College. We got so Rutgers is getting seven points in this game from the line I found, and it's probably updated. I think I pulled these on. I think I pulled these yesterday. I don't remember exactly, but. Boy, this is a battle of the bottom of each division yeah. right now because Boston College is struggling too. But I'm going to take Boston College just because they're at home. Or no, it's in Rutgers, isn't it? It's in Piscataway. Yeah, it's at, it's at Rutgers. Yeah, I'm still going. I'm still going to take Boston College. I think best player on the field is AJ. Is it AJ Dillon? Is that his name? Running back? I don't know. I think so. Whatever the hell that running back's name is, he's a stud. So I'll go Boston College. Yeah, I'm going to go Boston College as well. So oh boy, Jordan, we'll go. We want to skip Michigan State. We want to skip Michigan. I'm trying to find the noon games here. So our next noon game we got is Indiana at home versus UConn. Indiana is minus 27. No kidding. They are, they are laying 27 points. Now, I know UConn sucks, but damn. 
That's a whooping. Indiana's not that good, are they? I don't think so. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll take the Hoosiers, but... <laughs> I'll take the points if I'm UConn. <laughs> yeah, holy crap. Uh, yeah, it's a no-brainer for me. I'm going to take the Hoosiers. So the only other noon game we're picking this week, this game has changed drastically in the scale of the week, is Tennessee at Florida. Yeah. So Tennessee last week loses their quarterback. Yep. Florida this week loses Felipe Franks. So now both teams are starting a backup quarterback. And, oh no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the wrong team. I'm thinking of Kentucky, not Tennessee. Whoo, that was a major brain fart. Tennessee did not lose all that. But, anyways, Tennessee's bad because they just can't seem to beat anybody that's not yeah. Chattanooga. But, so Florida playing with a backup quarterback now. I didn't have a spread on this game, they didn't have anything out. I don't know why. That was weird. But, I'm taking the Gators, but. I think it'll be closer now with the backup yeah. quarterback playing. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Gators as well for that one for that reason. I I just think talent wise, Florida's just a better team. Sure. So we'll go to three thirty games. Uh, first one I got here is Ohio State versus the real the real college in Ohio, Miami of Ohio. <laughs> um, I didn't have a spread for this game either, but I imagine it's probably. Low 30s because I think Miami's pretty bad. So, Buckeyes roll again. I don't. I don't think there's any challenge here. Yeah, I agree, Buckeyes. So, another 3:30 game, Appalachian State, and that's a swear word in our household. <laughs> Why? Uh, we won't go there. At the Fighting Mac Browns, North Carolina, App State's getting three. I know. At North Carolina, I'll admit, Mac Brown has impressed me yeah. at North Carolina. He's done well. Those guys are playing for him. I'm taking the heels. Yeah. I'm taking the heels at home, but I like what Mac Brown's doing. When you uh, when you sent me the spreads, I, I saw that, that App State had, was getting three, and it's like, oh, wow, that, yeah. that close. But, no, I agree. I think there's some good energy going on in uh, – North Carolina right now for Mac Brown. So I'm taking Targills. Next game, uh, now full disclosure, I picked these matchups before the season started. So I'm going to try to go back through every week, and if there's some games that are just duds, I'll replace them. I went through the schedule to try to replace Louisville at Florida State, and there ain't shit to replace it with. So we're going to stick with Louisville at Florida State. Louisville's getting six and a half points from Florida State. Bad as they look, I think that's a lot of points. But where are you at? What's your thought on it? Ugh. Louisville's been impressive. New coach yeah. you know, for a team that was just flat out awful last year. Well, I want to talk about another history repeating itself. You're about ready to lose a fan base again. Oh, yeah. If Willie Tag, did you see the you That was awesome. <laughs> so if you don't know what we're uh, incoherently rambling about right there, I think it was a four-year-old kid yeah. in Tallahassee started a lemonade stand with the intent of buying out Willie Taggart's contract. <laughs> he was charging like $20 a cup or something. Yeah. He made a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. So I guess his dad took the money and donated it to something with the university or something. But I just thought that was great. Kids are awesome in that sense. This kid, four-year-old, said, the hell of this. We need something different. But... Oh, yeah, that's great. That's why you love college football. Yeah. So, Louisville at Florida State. Uh, I think it's another must-win game, and it's a win, must-win because you're going to lose your fan base. Uh, I personally think uh, Florida State takes it. 
I'm going with the Cardinals. Are you? Whoa. <laughs> I just got a feeling. I think Florida State is bad. Now, the best player on the field is still Cam Akers, but I just think Florida State's bad. Yeah, it's not, not enough. I don't know, and I don't know if it's going to get fixed. I don't know I mean, if Willie Taggart's the guy to fix it. I don't think he is. Those guys just don't seem like they're playing hard at all. Like mm-hmm. They don't want to do it. So, uh, I think our last 3.30 game, this is a this game could be a damn good game. Uh, Auburn at Texas A&M. Auburn getting four points. So... Going to Kyle Field is tough. I mean, you know, they'll they'll be 12th man will be going in there for them. I'm taking Auburn All right. on the road. I I'm I'm liking the Bo Nix. Dropping on the Bo Nix. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on it for a little bit. I'm not buying I'm not gonna buy a lot of stock, but give me a little bit. Okay. If I could take a fraction of that Bo, Bo Nix stock, I'll take some. A Bo Nix slider. Yeah, give me yeah, there you go. I like that. I like that analogy. A Bo Nix slider, give it to me. I'll take the Tigers and hey, if you're gonna give me the four points, I'm gonna take those four points, yeah. absolutely. So what do you got? What do you think? I know you you talked up I a little bit. I really like Texas AM. I think they're gonna be a highly I think they're a highly overlooked team. I think they're their schedule just didn't play in their favor this year. It's a brutal schedule. Like I said, I think they're probably the best 8-4 and four team maybe ever. Um, I'm taking AM. I think Kyle Field is going to be rocking. I think Bo Nix is he's going to get his a real good taste of what SEC football is this week. That's entirely possible. So I just realized we missed a Friday night game. Oh, we did. Yeah, I didn't even realize. I glanced right over it. This is a very intriguing game to me because yeah. Utah at USC. USC's really in flux. I mean, Urban Meyer's basically buying houses there now. Which, did you see the, the report came out today of the ADs? Like, oh, we want nothing to do with Urban. Yeah, my ass. Yeah. I'd say that, too, just to deflect the... I, yeah, I'd throw him off the scent, yeah. too. But, didn't you call that two years ago? I, oh, yeah. You were on that train. I was like, ah. The minute he said he was stepping down, I'm like, he'll be the coach at USC in two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the writing on the wall. It's 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 so his character. He did the yeah. exact same thing in Florida. Oh, I don't feel good. No, bitch, you were about to get sanctioned. Like, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, Ohio State, yeah, you let an assistant coach beat his wife and covered it up. Yeah. You, know, you got to get out of Dodge. Scum. Give it a year. He's broadcast analyst on Fox. Get his rep back up. He'll be feeling good, proud, and then, boop, what do you know? Yeah, because he, I mean, he's going on Coward a lot. Fox News, or the Fox Sports is in L.A. Yep. So, so if, it's, if it's not USC... Crazy hot take. You heard it here first. If he's not at USC, he'll be the next coach at Florida State. Ooh, you think he'll sell out? If he does not go to USC, he will be the next coach at Florida State. Ooh. They have to go big if they fire Tiger. They have to back a truck up to his house to make him say no. Damn, that is, ooh, that's spicy. Yeah, that's my call. I'm calling right now. Ooh. So, anyways, we're getting sidetracked here. We got some picks to get through. So, Utah at USC, Friday night, little Pac-12 after dark action. Utah. Paction. Lay, laying four points to the Trojans. Trojans on a backup quarterback. Man, I'm taking the Utes. That defense, yeah. I think that defense just eats USC up. Now, at USC, you never know because the Coliseum could be half full on a Friday night yeah. in L.A. Who's, does it, do they really want to go watch that? Right. 
So, what do you think? Utah is the big, I, sexy pick. This, I mean, this pick is for my buddy Craig at work, and that's. Yeah, I remember you saying. Yeah, you just, he's, he's Utah, high man. on Utah, and I. They're good. I don't see any reason not to take Utah in this situation. Backup QB. I mean, like you said, it's, it's a Friday night in LA. Yep. I don't think they're going to fill that stadium. Um, I think. Like you said, that there's going to be some changes in L.A. here soon. Might be for UCLA, too, but that's another. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 7 p.m., another Pac-12 game. Oregon laying 10.5 at Stanford. I think Stanford's in a downward spiral right now. I, yeah, what happened to them? I think they've lost their identity. You know, they were always physical. They were mm-hmm. always hitching the mouth, and, mm-hmm. you know, they got – such hard standards to get in there. They they had to build themselves off of that. I think they're starting to lose that a little yeah. bit. Oregon looks impressive to yeah. me. I mean, they lost the first week to, to Auburn in a game they shouldn't have lost. They gave away. Don't be surprised if Oregon runs the table the rest of the way out. They're they're good. Well, they in the beginning of the season they were my yeah they've, they've impressed me yes they've impressed me very much. So I'm taking the Ducks. I think I think big. I'll give the ten and a half. Yeah, I, th- I think Herbert. Bolsters the Heisman campaign. Yep, definitely this weekend. Uh, so seven thirty in the Big Twelve. I'm very interested in this game because this implements a lot of what I picked at the beginning of the year with Texas, Oklahoma State at Texas. Oklahoma State is getting five points from Texas. Really, they're getting five points. Oklahoma State's been impressive, and one thing we know about Mike Gundy is he can score points. Yeah. So I think it's another LSU-Texas game and a shootout, but I just don't know if te- Oklahoma State has the horses. So I'll, yeah. I'll take Texas, but it's a shootout. I mean, 45-40, yeah. I'm going to take the push. 45-40, I'll give the five points and a push. So I got Texas. Yeah, I I struggled with this game a little bit too because that was my exact thought is Oklahoma State is not a horrible team. I just don't think they're to the level – I mean, and that's not to say that Gundy doesn't bring some magic with his mullet. And that was another name I heard linked to a Florida State job. Potentially, it was Mike Gundy. Would he be willing to? That? Well, I mean, that would fit in. I mean, <laughs> yeah, dude with a mullet. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry if anybody's in Florida. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, no, so I've got I've got the Longhorns. Yeah. So eight o'clock. Nebraska at Illinois. My Illinois fighting line I screwed me last week. Been riding the Brandon Peters train, and then Eastern got, got him. I mean, that's what the hell? That's classic Illinois, man. They yeah. just they look good, 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 and then shit the bed. So I'll take Nebraska. Yeah, even in Champaign, uh, it'll. I think Illinois stays competitive for a half, but I think Nebraska ultimately too talented. Yeah. I've- Sticking with my picks for the beginning of the year, I mean, I'm going to take the big red here. Yeah. So, probably the biggest game this week, obviously, game day's there. Uh, Notre Dame at Georgia. Notre Dame is getting 14 points in the first spread I found. Two touchdowns after what they just did. Ian Book just went for six touchdowns or whatever it was yeah. last week. I mean, give me the points for sure. I mean, obviously, I think Georgia is the far superior team, but that's a lot of points. That's a lot it of points. It is in Athens, so you know that, you know, that, but man, 14 points. That's a lot. Yeah, I'll take the dogs. 
Yeah. But if I'm if I was betting it, give me Notre Dame in the points. Yeah. Because I think Notre Dame keeps this game close. I don't think they I don't think they get blown out of this game by any means. Absolutely not. The question will be, can they stop the run? Because they have struggled against the run, and they got this dude in Georgia whose last name is Swift, and he is Swift. Mm-hmm. And he's mean. So they're gonna have to stop him. Aren't they ranked like 110th against the it's run this year? Pretty bad. I know it's down there. So they'll have to stiffen up against the run. Otherwise, Vegas knows something we don't. Yeah. I mean, so I got the dogs. I think you do too, right? Yeah, I've got the dogs just solely for the reason they can't stop anybody in the run game. Right. So then the two games for the podcast, uh, we're going to be Michigan State at Northwestern first. Uh, Michigan State minus 10. Oh, now they score ten points. Uh, well, that was part of my. That was my joke. You took my line from me. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look and see if that line's gone down or up at all. But what do you got? Go ahead and run with this for a little bit. So, as we said, the fighting Pat Fitzgeralds and Northwestern. We always struggle. That always seems like the bane to our existence in the Big Ten is Northwestern. Especially at Northwestern. Yeah, it, and it's always a flunky 17-14 last second catch yeah. weird kind of game. Um, luckily for us, it's earlier in the season. For whatever reason, when we go in mid to late October, we really struggle there. I don't know if... Yeah, I don't get it. Um, I'm going to take Sparty here. Because I think, as I alluded to earlier in the podcast, I think D'Antonio is playing for his, you can almost say, social life <laughs> in East Lansing. I think if they lose this game, I think it's abandoned ship. I don't think you're going to see... Light your torch in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I think when they're burning couches, they're going to have D'Antonio spray-painted on them. Yeah. Because I think that's where this program's heading if they don't win. So I'm looking at the line now. It's down to nine and a half. So it's only gone down a half point. What do you think the over-under is? 35. 38. So Michigan State is basically a double-digit favorite, but they're only going to score 38 points combined. God, what does that tell you about what Vegas thinks of these two offenses? So I actually just realized I didn't pick this game, but so my thought process is they're the exact same team, but Michigan State's defense is better. Northwestern has a good defense. Michigan State's offense is better. Northwestern has an equally bad offense. So I think Michigan State, as far as top to bottom goes, they're just a little bit better in both aspects. So I'm going to give them the win, three to nothing. I'm just being an asshole. But <laughs> I just looked at you like, what? It's a very visual, very visual podcast. <laughs> but I will take Michigan State. I would probably play the under. Yeah. I think I would play that under 38. I think, yeah, like I said, this is going to be a flu 17, 14, 14, 10. Kind of weird, ugly. It always is in Evanston. It always it is. It always is. So the last game, the probably the best game in the Big Ten this week, just as far as matchups go. Number eleven Michigan at number thirteen Wisconsin. Uh, you know, Michigan fans couldn't be happier that Michigan State did what they did because it took a little bit of the tension off of them. Yeah. And how much of a oh my god jump off the ship we were right now as a fan base. And I, I explained it to a buddy of mine at work who's a Michigan fan, and I'm like, you know, if you look at Michigan's two games, 
and you eliminate the turnovers, the, the stupid fumbles, and you just complete the routine plays that you're supposed to complete, both of those games are blowouts. I mean, there was two touchdowns in the Middle Tennessee State game where both of them were set up short field fumbles when Michigan was driving. And then Army, same thing. Short field, fumble, sets up a touchdown. So, I mean, they're like, I think they're last in the country in fumbles lost. Yeah. Something like that. So, the odds of of everything say that they would regress to the mean and they'd come back down to earth and not turn the ball over. So if you not turn, don't turn the ball over as much, then all of those plays that you're just barely missing on and those drives that you're stalling out on cash in, you're in a better spot. Yeah. So John Runyon Jr.'s back, so that's going to help with the blindside protection. There are rumors circulating all over the Twitter sphere right now that Zach Charbonnet's hurt. Ooh. He's got to rescope his knee, and he's going to be out three to six weeks. Ooh. A lot of rumors. By the time you listen to this podcast, it will probably be confirmed or refuted. Yeah. I don't know what to believe yet because there's source guys that are saying yes. There's source guys that are saying no. So TBD on that one. If he's not playing, it does hurt, obviously. Yeah, but absolutely. The way I explained it today at work when we were discussing it was I see this a lot, this game a lot like last year where – the game is close in score the entire game, and but it never really feels close because Michigan is far and away the more talented team Yeah, as far as just pure athletes go. So I picked it 35-21 Michigan. Ooh. Now, and I'm saying it's close the whole game. Michigan's ahead by seven pretty much the whole game back and forth just trading stuff and then a late touchdown kind of seals it is my thought on it I do think the offense looks better and I don't have a lot of concerns about the defense I think our defense's speed is great Yeah. so that's going to help in the fact that yeah Wisconsin's big and they're physical but you can be big and physical but you still got to get away from them so I'm going to take Michigan I'm taking Michigan Comfortably, but still in a close game. I mean, it's I, it's like I said, it's that game where, yeah, it's close, but it never really feels close. And I think Michigan wins. I got 35-21. Okay. So I'm going to put on my uh, Lee Corso presentation here. Oh, oh Lord. Here it comes. So just some quick stats I looked up because I, I knew Jordan was coming with some fire towards Sparty today. And... I had to come with some fire back to Michigan. So, first stat, since 2015, two Power 5 head coaches have been the underdog at least six times and not won a game. Jim Harbaugh is one of those coaches. He is 0-6. Against top 15 teams on the road, 2016, number three Michigan at Ohio State, lost by three. 2017, at Penn State, got blown out by 29. Uh, 2017 at Wisconsin, lost by 14. 2018 at Notre Dame, guys lost by 7. And then last year, I don't want to talk about your Ohio State game. So on average, you guys are losing by about 15 points a game in these scenarios. Um, as of right now, Harbaugh is 8-10 overall against top 25 teams. He is 1-3 in all bowl games and 1-9 against top 10 teams. So with that all taken in consideration, Wisconsin comes into this game with the number one ranked defense in the nation. Granted, who have they played? 
Um, Michigan offensively right now is ranked. Give me a second here. You are ranked 79th in total offense. I'm taking the Badgers. I said in the beginning, one of our first episodes, that this was a trouble game for Harbaugh and the Wolverines. And I'm sticking to that. I think Jonathan Taylor has a very good game against Michigan's defense. I think, ironically, the eyes are going to be off Sparty this week and back on Harbaugh in the questions of can he win the big games. But with all that taken into consideration, I think that is it. I am taking the Wisconsin Badgers. Okay, well, we'll see. I think... Uh... We'll know a lot by 3.30 Saturday. So that wraps up our pick for this week. Uh, we got a few different ones, so this belt could change hands again. Yeah, I think we've got four. Yeah, so things could get interesting this week. And this is starting to get to the point where you learn a lot about your teams. So we'll see what Saturday has in store. Well, for our next portion of today's podcast, we're going to – Real quick talk, we're week four, college football season. We're roughly, you know, what? Quarter of the way. Quarter of the way, which is insane. Uh, So at this quarter mark, we're going to talk about a couple teams that have impressed us so far. We're also going to get into uh, who right now would be our Heisman picks. So I'll lead off with a couple teams that have impressed me so far. Number one is familiar team is Wisconsin. Uh, I didn't think they would be as solid as they are. What they seem appear to be every bit as good as advertised. Um, 110 points through two games. Like I said earlier, number one defense. First real big test for them is going to be this weekend against Michigan. Uh, second team that's really impressed me so far is LSU. Ed Ogeron, when everybody kind of thought he was on his way out, him and Joe Burrow. You know what he did? Yeah, he evolved. He went and got a young offensive coordinator. He went and got Joe Brady from the Saints. Yeah. Sean Payton flat out called him up and said, hey, we got this kid here. You guys might want to talk to. Mm -hmm. And they just talked to him as an analyst or whatever. And they're like, you know, why don't you come be our offensive coordinator? And then, boom. I mean, it, it works. Mark Antonio should take a page yeah. out of that playbook. Paging East Lansing. Paging East Lansing. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, LSU's looked really good. Uh, great offense. Dare we say the best team in the SEC? I would. Mm-hmm. I think they look to be the most complete team. I mean, and that says a lot. Um, wrapped up with a just a real big win in Texas, which is not an easy game to do. Especially with the conditions. Um, yeah. It's yeah, hotter than hell. Yeah, hotter than hell down there, which, I mean, you're in Baton Rouge. I mean, that's sure. That's hot. That's muggy. But, man, they've, they've impressed the hell on me. I think, what are they, number four right now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I could see them. They're, 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 they're good. They're on my list. Yeah. That's the team I was going to hit on. So, I guess with that, we'll, uh, we'll lead into your. So, like I said, LSU was a team. I'm very impressed with uh, two other teams, Auburn. Yeah, I've uh, kind of hit that earlier with their pick. I'm, I'm, 
It just seems like it always works this way for Auburn. To get ready to fire a yeah. coach that and then just like, resurrected from the depths and they have a 10 and 2, 11 and 1 year where they beat Bama and everything works out. It just has all the feels of that. I yeah. mean, so Auburn's been impressive. We'll see kind of where they go. You know, this week will be another good test for them at AM. Uh, then the other team I wrote down was UCF. Yeah, I, they get it. They get a bad rap because they don't play anybody, but they scheduled Stanford. Yeah, we talked about it. Stanford's down the dumps a little bit, but they kicked the living shit out of them. And it's a power five school. Yeah, they left no doubt about it. So that's what you got to do if you're UCF. If you get those power five schools, you got to beat the shit out of them to be considered relevant, and they did. So I mean, that's impressive. They're still not getting in the playoff, but I mean, good for you. So do you think they end up undefeated? No, no. They the minute they go undefeated, they're still not getting the playoff. Yeah, that's fair. They're yeah, not, when you have LSU playing like they are. No, there's no way. Yeah. There'll be two SEC teams before they get in. Yeah. There's absolutely 0% chance they get in. Yeah. Unless somehow everybody shits the bed and loses two games. That's the only way they're in. If they're undefeated and nobody, and there's three teams, there's nobody with one loss and nobody's undefeated but them, then yes, they get in. That's the only scenario I see. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No, Clemson's not losing two games. Georgia's not losing two games. No. Bama... Maybe, because they've got a tougher schedule. LSU, maybe. Mm-hmm. You think Oklahoma's losing two games right now? <laughs> yeah, so, no. The UCS not getting in. But they've been impressive. Yeah. I mean, they'll probably go back to the Cotton Bowl and roll somebody by 50. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. just what they do down there. So, and then, real quick, we'll hit on our Heisman kind of guys for right now before we roll into the NFL stuff. To me, there's only two names you can mention right now, and it's Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts. Yep. I mean... They're putting up video game numbers. Yeah. And Burrow did it against really good competition so far. Oklahoma's Jalen's been in a little lesser competition, but their numbers are stupid. There's yeah. there's nobody and you could throw some other names out. Justin Fields has got a lot of numbers. And then Tua and Trevor are still the sexy names, but I don't think there's anybody else in the conversation but Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts right yeah. now. Now long ways to go. God only knows what happens when conference play starts. Right. You know, so that to me, did you have any other? I mean, no. Um, no, I, I, I completely agree at Joe Burrows and Jalen Hurts. Uh, so far, Jalen's thrown for almost 900 yards, no interceptions. Already rushed for 350 yards. I mean, like you said, those are video game numbers. So here you had kind of a hot take, hot prediction. My hot prediction, which might not be as hot, is Jalen wins Heisman, goes number one to Miami, which the Pittsburgh pick that Miami got from Mika Fitzpatrick sits about probably four, picks up Jerry Judy, reconnects. Well, that would be interesting. An immediate spark plug in Miami. I don't see Jalen Hurts as the number one overall quarterback. Oh, I don't either, but did people see? I mean, at this point last year, would you say Kyler Murray was number one? Well, Kyler Murray should still be playing baseball. He should be still still playing baseball. He's still a dumbass for that. Yes, he is. He had a lot happier life playing baseball. Yeah. Body's not going to hurt when he gets killed by somebody. Yeah, it's true. But, you know, it's possible. Lincoln Riley makes all these quarterbacks look amazing. Yeah. If Spencer Rattler puts on 30 pounds, he's going to do the same thing next year. Mm Mm-hmm. He's just as talented, so but he's just he's really small. He, yeah, he's tiny. He's not short and stocky like Kyler is. He's short and thin. <laughs> that ain't gonna work. He needs to start eating some meat and potatoes. Yeah. So I think Heisman wise, that's that's kind of the gist of it. And then our 
when we've been impressed by teams. I mean, anything else you want to touch on? No, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's pretty straightforward at that point. So let's roll right into the NFL. And the first thing we wrote down here for the NFL is the, this Patriots team is impressive. Amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, how they just keep doing it. Oh, why would you retire for Tom Brady? I mean, no. now you're getting weapons. Yeah. You're not making weapons. So the question is, is, is this the greatest team Brady's ever had? I mean, the defense won me a fantasy matchup last week uh, against Lane. Uh, what, 35 points? Yeah, something like that. scored like 89 for the week. It was an okay day. Yeah, it's, it's all right. It was an okay day. So, but... I don't know. Those years with Randy Moss, those teams were good. That defense was really, really, really good. So it definitely ranks up there. Oh, I, I mean, if Gronk comes back, oh, forget it. Just everybody, just go home. Yeah, we'll see you in February. Well, and if you're the AFC at this point, who's out there? I mean, who can beat this team in the AFC? I mean, your, your team that you thought could beat them just lost their starting quarterback for the rest of the season in the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, by the way, you beat them by 30 points at Pittsburgh. Yep. I, no, they're, I mean, they're that's – I I would – I mean, I think if once they get into this week and the next week, I think they play the Jets this week, which, again, that defense is going to eat up a third or fourth stringer. I mean, Luke Falks and the deep doo-doo coming into this week. Yeah. Um, I think if you get into about week eight and they're still putting up the absurd numbers they are, I mean, they've given up three points in two games. <laughs> and I think they've scored how many, what, 75 points? Something like God, that. It's right up there. Yeah, hang on. I'm pulling stuff up right now. I'm looking at it. I mean, they, they keep putting up absurd numbers like that. How can you not say this is the best team Tom Brady's ever had? It definitely has all the I mean, to you've got Antonio Brown, who we could argue. 76. Yeah, they're 76 and 3. Point, point that's difference. insane. <laughs> I mean, that's college numbers. It is. Um, I mean, hats off to Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick for – Especially Bill Belichick for the revolving door of defensive coordinators he's had the past few years, and he still manages to turn out incredible product. Yeah. Um, I think at this rate, hell, why wouldn't Tom Brady play till he's fifty? I'd play till my body breaks. Yeah. Might as well. He, well, how good his offensive line is, nobody's touching him. Yeah. And when he does touch him, the refs say don't touch Tom. <laughs> well, I mean, the report came out today. It said Dolphins players were told don't touch him. <laughs> so I mean. You got to protect your poster child. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, and the next thing we talked about was teams that impressed, teams that didn't, and the teams that impressed me. We just talked about the Patriots. I mean, yeah, that's cliche and everything, but they're so goddamn impressive. And I think it's the same thing I said last week for the team that didn't impress me. It's the Dolphins are awful. They just suck. Yeah. I mean, how I, they might be one of the worst NFL teams I've ever seen. They make the own 16 Lions look good. Well, yeah, that own 16 Lions team, I'm a Lions hater. They were a lot better than than own 16. They just couldn't finish a game. Yeah. But this Dolphins team is just dog shit. They're yes, awful. It's bad. Steven Ross, just give all your money to Michigan. To hell with the Dolphins. <laughs> just... Just let them go, slide them right into the ocean. We know Miami's sinking anyways. Just slide it into the ocean, and we'll just wipe our hands and call it good because they're bad. Yeah. What do you got? Was there any other impressed team? or? Uh, I've got two teams that have impressed me so far, and one of them was my team that I said this year that I think is overrated, and that's Green Bay Packers. Uh, didn't look too good 
Uh, yeah. Jordan's doing the discount double check. Fantasy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Um, I mean, week one when they were in Chicago, they didn't look good at all. But I think they were trying to still figure out LaFleur's offense. Um, plus the Bears' defense is good. Yeah, plus the Bears' defense is no joke. Uh, played Minnesota at home, home opener. They looked shaky at some points, but then when it came down to the stretch and crunch time, that defense is what bailed them out, which when's the last time you could say Green Bay had a good defense. Yeah, no, that's kind of scary. I mean, that's – especially if you can keep Rodgers upright and healthy. I mean, that's going to be a scary team, which makes my overrated pick look a little, little shady. Um, <laughs> my second team that really impressed me this week is – 49ers. Yeah, they're 2-0. 2-0. Their defense looks really good. They're one player away on defense, I feel like, to being a lockdown unit, which some of the rumors out there is Jalen Ramsey for the say, 49ers. Say a Jalen Ramsey. Have Sherman on one side, and they've got the money to do it. I mean, after that massive Jimmy G contract, they still have the money. Um, yeah, Niners going to Cincinnati, and I mean, let's... Zach Taylor's Cincinnati Bengals aren't Marvin Lewis's Zach or Marvin Lewis's Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. They they'll wing the ball and yeah, he's on he's on Arizona State. So yeah, didn't you see him? He was there. Shut up. <laughs> I saw him. <laughs> um, but they they can they can fling the ball. I mean, they made they've made Andy Dalton look actually pretty decent, like actual serviceable player. Um, they don't have AJ Green. Joe Mixon's banged up. I mean, that's that is not an easy win, and especially to beat them forty-one to twelve. That's pretty impressive. So then I guess where we go from the highs, we're going to go to the lows. And two teams for me that didn't impress me at all. One was a. Uh, my Super Bowl pick or my NFC champion pick was the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, they're Monday the night. Wheel, they're the walking wheelchairs, right? Yeah. I mean, we we play them this week. They didn't even practice today, which Jordan made the, the joke. Is it <laughs> is it because they're really hurt or is it just because it's the Lions and they know they can take the day off? Yeah, Shots they, went, they went to the country club, played 18 holes. <laughs> they went and had some Philly cheesesteak. Oh. Oh, that sounds amazing. That does sound pretty good. As fat men, we like food. Mm-hmm. Man, we should do that, like a food special. Oh. Oh. Anyways. Um, we digress. We digress. So, I guess my second team that is disappointed are the uh, Houston Texans. You put up 13 points in the Jags in your offense. People are saying it's one of Bill O'Brien's best offenses he's had. I mean, no, nothing to take away from the Jags. I mean, that's a good team. But Gardner Minshew comes in, Mr. Pornstash, and fear the stash. He he balled out, and it's it's going to be a long season for the Texans as they keep getting Deshaun keeps getting sacked six times a game. Yeah, no doubt. I mean. I haven't seen a quarterback run around that much since Stafford last season, so that's... <laughs> and he's not that fast. And he's not that fast. Actually, Stafford's running the ball this year. He's, I don't he's seen a little more athletic. He's you know, slimmed down a little bit. So Bosa absolutely ripped his head off. Yeah, well, got, got rid of the ball. <laughs> exactly. So, Jordan, who are, the, who are the teams for you that didn't impress? Yeah, I mean, like I said, the Dolphins are an easy one just because it's just so bad. Um... I'm still disappointed in the Browns. I yeah. mean, they came out last week and they won. 23-3 against the Jets. But it just still doesn't feel like it's the team that they were hyped to be. 
You know, all the stars, yeah. all the talent that's there. It just doesn't have the feel, I guess, that I hoped it would. But maybe it's just because I want Baker Mayfield to be legit. I don't know. <laughs> but it's, I just I don't feel it. I mean, they got to play the Rams this week. They, yeah. could get, they could get run out of the building there. But um, I don't really. I mean, the Dolphins are terrible, like we said. That's that's really disappointing wise. Everything else like you kind of expect. I mean And you know, and actually they I was listening to a cast earlier today and they brought up a good point about Baker. Baker technically is still a rookie by how many games he's played. Yeah. I mean sure. he's still a rookie, so he's working those kinks out. So. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, I had this false sense made up in my head that they were gonna be freaking the Patriots and just Baker's gonna be chucking all around the yard and shotgunning beers on the sideline. Like that's just what I want to see. Like, well, he still might. Yeah, well, he just might be chucking interceptions. I'd have a Browns jersey if he did. So <laughs> believe that. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot else for disappointing teams, but I'll let you uh, go into your quick little Lions recap here and bask in that glory that oh. it is. So let me say, going into week three, when's the last time we say Lions are undefeated? They get a tie. That's a loss. It's like kissing your sister. That's a loss. They sh- they deserve to lose. That. Well, they did deserve to lose, but the record doesn't show that. So let me have this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Lions Chargers kind of looked a lot like the Michigan State game. Like Lions couldn't convert for crap. Looked horrible. Offense didn't look bad, but Stafford started to do old Stafford where he tried to force passes and wasn't looking the best. And the Chargers defense looked like they really had it figured out. And then, at, I mean, Prater misses an extra point and a field goal. When's the last time that's happened? Yeah, I know. Fantasy team. Yeah. And then Chargers kicker missed, what, two, three field goals? Three, I think. Because he missed one to take the lead or tie it. Yeah. And he missed that, and the Lions went down and scored. Kenny, and can I say, Kenny Galladay, he looks like every – he looks the part of a top ten receiver right now. I mean, oh, that, buddy, yeah. That, that dude can play. Yeah, he looks athletic as hell. Um, so on offensive side, I mean, it, it did look better. I like the fact that we are actually throwing the ball on first down. And that we're being a little more unpredictable. It seemed like this game that the the game plan opened up a lot more as opposed to week one where we're in Arizona. Like, oh, they're on their second and third string in their secondary. We're just going to throw the rock and we're not going to worry about running the ball. Carry-on got his good share of carries. Carry-on looked good. Carry-on got banged up and had to leave. And that, that was going to bring up, they just released C.J. Anderson. And they just released C.J. and picked up, I think, Paul Perkins? Yeah, I think that sounds right. Which, if you also believe the Twitter hype, people are thinking that that's to save a little bit of money for another notable number 20 in Jacksonville, which I think that's a pipe dream. But You just need to get off that I one. know. If that happens, you bet your bippy. I am blowing your phone <laughs> up. <laughs> Hey, good for them if they do, but don't, don't hold your breath, you'll die. So I, I, the Lions came in, I felt like it was a better all-around effort. I feel like the game plan came better, came more well-rounded. I felt like Bevel put forth something that we can look forward to a lot of two, three tight end sets. We Hawkinson didn't perform as well, um, but he just didn't have the looks. I mean, he was smothered. Yeah, Jesse they James, definitely made... 
They definitely made a, a conscious effort. Yeah. Him. I mean, Jesse James looked wait, a lot better. So I I think all around that was a, a, a lot better of a thing. I mean, going to this week, we go to Philly. Philly is limping into this game. Carson Wentz looked human last game. Uh, the receiving core is not great. I think if you have repeat performance from Slay against... Alshon Jeffrey or even Aguilar, you're gonna we're gonna be in trouble pretty quick. Um, Deshaun Jackson is out um, for a while too. Yeah, I think he might be season. Like wow. it's a bad injury. Wow. Um, Jordan Howard hasn't shown us any reason to be super worried. Miles Sanders, he's kind of a wild card. He hasn't performed to what was expected of him. But hey, it's a lion, so why don't we start now? Um, well. It makes sense. So I think with this week, I think it's going to be it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be more of a shootout. I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see Wentz getting a lot of pressure. I wouldn't be surprised to see Wentz get sacked four, five times this week. Wow. Um, I think I don't know what the line is. I thought it was pretty. Sm- I thought it was Lions were getting two or three, maybe. I don't know. If- I think Jordan's, find it. Jordan's checking in that right now. Um, I want to say Lions on the road. You hope that this week that the Lions do pick up the win because we get rating NFL MVP Mahomes next week. Oh, Jordan's eyes just lit up. Wow. Philly minus six and a half. Really? Yeah. Wow. Over under 46. Um Wow. I'm going to stick with my picks like I did earlier in the season. I am going to say the Lions do lose this game. Um, I do hope that we do get some semblance of something positive out of it. I mean, we could come around and win, but you need to stay healthy going into Kansas City next week because that dude Mahomes, he going to pick you apart. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, he's going to get his points. And no. Slay has got to play better this these next two weeks or else – it's gonna be ugly. Well, I mean, he he got eight alive for he sure. Did. He very much did. It wasn't as pretty as you would imagine. Um, so, Jordan, anything in your announced fandom? Do you have about the Lions' week two victory? I hate Matt Prater now. The only line I draft in fantasy, and he shits the bed, of course. No, I was impressed. I Honestly, I watched most of it. Didn't get to watch the whole game, but I was impressed. I thought they played pretty well. Yeah. We were sitting there watching. I'm like, watch, they're going to blow this. Yeah. Just the same old Lions. But they held on to that one and said something about it. You hold on to win a game that you're not supposed to win. I mean. They played four-quarter football, which yeah. is a first in a long time. Yep. So, I mean, no, I don't, I don't have – a ton negative to say. They need to score more points. But. Yeah. Seems kind of a issue but, I mean, teams lately. Yeah, but but Bevel doesn't want shootouts, no. so he wants to control the ball. So no. We'll see. Long way to go. I said they were going to be 0-6, and, and they've got to win, and there's still no dash in the loss column. So <laughs> You admit it. <laughs> that, that ties a loss. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> but, yeah. So, no, that's really where I'm at. What else we got for this before we shut this thing down? What do you uh, got? Uh, just real quick, week three, fantasy football. If you had a lock of a player that, without a doubt, unequivocally, you would start this week, who would it be? You know what? Defense wins championships. I'm taking the Bears' defense. Who are they playing? I think they're playing. Monday night. The Monday night. Oh, I just looked at it too. 
can't remember. Redskins, that's right. Oh, yeah. Redskins are bad. Bears defense has been good. I'm like, yeah. Patriots okay. killed it, so I'm taking the Bears defense. All right. Um, I think for me, I'm going to take Murray Cooper. Who gets the Dolphins at home? Well, this it, is the, it is the Dolphins. I think it's the biggest <laughs> spread in NFL history. I think it's like 26 and a half. Something absurd like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're starting to run out of time here, so I don't know. Can't find it yet, but... So I guess the, if you uh, need some fancy advice this week and you have the Bears and Amari Cooper. 21 and a half. 21 and a half. So if you have the Bears and Amari Cooper, start them this week. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to shut us down for the week. So we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. And uh, go blue. Go green.